Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to You Irons, the West Ham podcast from the good people at The Athletic. Right now, you can subscribe to The Athletic for a special price of $3.99 a month for six months. That's 40% off the full price of a subscription. You'll enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as ad-free versions of all our podcasts. So go to athletic.com slash West Ham pod to take advantage of this special 40% Discount. That's theathletic.com slash West Ham pod. Talking of great analysis and brilliant football writers, um, we are joined by Rashane Thomas, the Athletics West Ham correspondent, as always. I'm Sam Delaney. I, to be honest, I'm not going to claim I offer any of those things, but you know, I'm here. <laughs> I support West Ham. Take it or leave it, mate. How you doing, Rashane? I'm all good, pal. I'm, I'm loving your baseball cap right now. Just, yeah? Yeah, looking really good, pal. Oh, cheers, mate. Yeah, well, it's nice because, I mean, a little bit of a peek behind the uh, curtain of you, Irons, is that ordinarily throughout this last year of lockdown, we've obviously been recording remotely, but um, using a system whereby we can't actually see each other. But just over the last couple of weeks, we started to do it on Zoom, and it's wonderful that we can gaze into each other's eyes as we discuss West Ham United, it, it lends something more to it, I think. I Hopefully for the listener, certainly for me personally. I mean, you get to see my hat and my winning smile. You know, I just get to see your face. It's just wonderful, isn't it? It really is, Sam. I get to see that beautiful painting behind you as well. I mean, just... Yeah, you're a fan of my artwork, yeah. aren't you? Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, good. Well, there you go, listeners. There's a little bit of a peek behind the scenes here at UIs for you. I know that will interest you. Um, let's look at um, a disappointing performance for the Hammers this week. I mean, some people have been in touch with me. Uh, some people sort of make snide remarks about how positive we are on this podcast, right? Yeah. They're like, oh, you're a bit positive all the time, always talking <laughs> us up. I'm like, well, yeah, but that's that's because we're West Ham supporters, right? I mean, if you want objective analysis, then you know, read a paper or to one of the, your general interest uh, football podcasts. We're, we're West Ham supporters. I mean, I might be old-fashioned, but in my day, it was like you support a team and you're behind them all the time and, and, and you're optimistic and hoping for the best. And this season, they have given us plenty to be optimistic about. 
But there were some people going, oh, I bet you two won't be so optimistic this week, will you? Well, no, we, it was probably, it was up there in our worst performances of the season, I would say. Um, yeah, probably in our top two or three worst performances, isn't it, Shane? I agree. And, and the thing about like defeats for West Ham as a West Ham fan, it takes me ages to get over it. Mm. Like, ages, and I'm still thinking, like, if only Moises down this, if only that player came on mm. a lot earlier. And I feel like in that match in particular, obviously, we all know defensive lineup. You know, I always mention, right, whenever West Ham go a goal down, I'm quite confident we can come back and, you know, if we draw or win the match. That was the first time a season I was like, I can't see us scoring. Same I man. generally can't see us scoring. Prior to Lanzini and Benrahma coming, I was thinking, how on earth are we going to score? We're, putting, we're playing the balls into Antonio. He's not really getting there. Maguire's winning, like, the aerial battles. Like, we're really struggling here. And I felt mm. like we looked really positive going forward when Benrahma and Lanzini came on. And after the match, I was sort of thinking, if only Moyes has been a bit more confident, a bit more brave, and started there and put them in the lineup. How different things could have been? Because also in the FA Cup match, right? Obviously, I know Antonio was injured for that game, but I feel like they'll bear for the taking of that match. Yeah. So two trips were thinking. So it's three oh, defeats against United this season, and all three were really disappointing. The first one in the league was disappointing because I thought we were genuinely the better team for the bulk of that game, and we yeah. blew it. Um, and, and but as a result of that, I would have thought that would have made David Moyes think we had the better of them at the London Stadium. So in the subsequent games, you would have thought you'd think, well, we proved in that game that we could go toe-to-toe with them and we were unlucky to miss out. So let's go for it this time. Both games, the Cup game, very, very close, but neither team played particularly well, I didn't think. And then in this game, let's be fair, United deserved to win. In fact, I'd say they deserved to win by more. If it wasn't for heroics by Fabianski in the woodwork, that was a performance that could have seen us lose by three or four goals, in all honesty. But here's the thing, Rashane, and this might redress the balance for some of the West Ham fans who inexplicably take issue with our positivity. Uh, you know, of course, we love David Moyes. He's done fantastically well. Short of us getting thrashed in every game between now and the end of the season, this season is already a success. This is going to go down as a successful season. But when that team lineup was announced on Sunday, I'm not even going to say me. I'm going to say you, Rashane. You knew or you had a very strong feeling the way this game was going to go based on that starting lineup, didn't you? I yeah, you I was did. like, yeah, I was like, defensive team. The only two creative players in the team were Boring and Antonio. Boring mm. that house, we had a call opportunity. I saw, Mark, I saw Mark Noble, I thought, listen, great Mark Noble signed a new contract. He'll be an important figure behind the scenes. But I'm thinking, the Noble shouldn't be in starting 11 right now, in my opinion. I'd rather have Lanzini. I saw people say, oh, but Lanzini, Benrahma, you know, they're not so good on defensive end. I'm not having that. I'm not having that. I feel like it's an excuse people use all the time. And I'm not having that anymore. Like, I reckon they offer a lot more going forward. And even the match against United, Mark Noble didn't have a great game. And this season, right, West Ham are yet to win a match that Noble has started in the league. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that, that stat he has now as well. So I looked at the start of the lineup. Obviously, me being me, I tried to feel a bit encouraged, feel a bit optimistic, but I was like, oh, I can't, I can't see us scoring. I can't see a score. How did you feel? Well, yeah, I mean, you look at Noble and your heart sinks because you think if Noble, I don't mind Noble being on the bench and sometimes I quite like to see him on when we're defending a league with like 10 minutes to go. I think, you know, he can be a calming influence. But when he starts a game, you straight away think two things. One is just as an individual, he won't be able to keep up. And we know that now. We've seen it enough times. It's not us being harsh. We love Mark Noble, right? Everyone loves Mark Noble. We're not being harsh and judging him on the odd performance. 
every game for a year at least. He can't keep up. The game passes him by. And what's more, when he does receive the ball, the, the, the big thing about this team and the way we play is that, yeah, we defend deep. We, we make it very hard for them to get through. But then when we win possession, we look up and look to move the ball very quickly out of defence, out to our wide players and the pacier players, right? And Declan Rice particularly good at doing that. But Mark Noble always, even in his younger years, even when he was a better player and, and had the legs to keep up in a game, he has always been the sort of player who will slow play down. He likes to turn both ways, right? He'll always, he'll do a little turn one way, have a look about, turn the other way, have a look about. He's very good at doing that. He can keep possession. He don't, you won't often see him lose possession. The problem is he slows everything down. And this way of playing deep in defence is dependent on breaking quickly on the counter. And so his style of play is completely contrary to the to the tactics that, that West Ham approach every match with. That that's the the big problem. But also, irrespective of his his failings as a, as an individual, when you see him in the team rather than Ben Rama, you know that straight away Moyes Moyes has got. I mean, this sort of undersells him a bit, but really he's got two approaches, hasn't he? And one. They're both pretty defensive, but one is proper. We're just putting, we're parking the bus here and we're going to try and get out to Antonio and hit you on the break, right? And that's what he's done against teams who are traditional top six teams. And I thought, well, this is a big match for us. We're going for a top four position and this is a chance for us to lay down a marker. And United are not, this is not a vintage United side. They're beatable. We've seen that. All sorts of teams have beaten them, right? And I thought maybe Moyes will just think, do you know what? I'm going to go for it here. We're going to take points off United here. And as soon as you see his pick, no boy instead of Ben Rama, you think, oh no, he's going to send the team out. Once again, just like against Liverpool, just like against City, he's going to send this team out, having effectively cut their bollocks off, right? And the, the, the thing about it is, people will say, oh, Ben Rama doesn't offer as much defensively. I'm with you on that. That's actually bollocks. First of all, all players at this level run, right? Yeah. All of them get stuck in. Ben Rama's no different. This is not the night. When I was a kid in the 80s, you know, your, your Glenn Hoddles, your Chris Waddles, your, your flair players, every every team had a flair player. We had Decanio in the 90s or the noughties. Every team had a player who was their skillful player but was not prepared to work. Those players don't exist anymore. They do, but they're not in the Premier League, right? But the other thing is, is that what Ben Rama does is that he holds the ball up because of his ability, because of his skill on the ball. He doesn't hold it up in a, in the way that Antonio does. He's not big and strong and backs into defenders. But what he does is if you get him the ball into his feet, it will stick with him and it will give the other players a chance to come up and, and move up the field because he, he can he can hold on to it. He can or he can win a he can, he's very good at winning free kicks. And that was exactly what we needed. We needed respite in that game. But poor old Antonio, he was the only out ball. Didn't think Bowen had a great game. I think he's gone for a few bad months, actually. Or not bad, but average months. But Antonio didn't, you know, had a very difficult time. We just couldn't hold on to the ball at all. And that's why, like you, I thought when we went one down, can't see any way of us getting a goal in this game, which is the last thing we've thought about West Ham all season, because we've always got all this attacking play, uh, this attacking flair. Fair enough, Fornaus was injured uh, and that, that came late and Lingard we were deprived of, obviously. 
Well, you know, if you've got Lanzini, I'm not a big fan of Lanzini personally, but I think even he would have had a better a better job in a sort of a number ten role than Mark Noble, really just letting the game wash over him. That's yeah, what I, happened. I agree, and even on like Ben Rama, right? As you touched on with Lan, uh, Fornals being injured and uh, Lingard being eligible, I, if I was, I'd been like, all right, Ben Rama, show me why he deserves to be in this team. Give me a selection headache. Give me a difficult conundrum. Show me why you should be in this team ahead of the likes of Fornals or Lingard and what have you. Like, go go out there and show me what you can do. And I felt like he wasn't given an opportunity. And as I touched on earlier, when he came on, we looked so much better going forward. And what I like most about Ben Rama is he's so unique. I can't think of anyone else like him in this squad right now. Like, he's just so different. That makes him so special. Doing odd stepovers, making that odd pass. And it's like, just give the guy a chance. <laughs> give him a chance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, f- I feel like the whole thing's been handled bad, in my opinion, because he hasn't been given an opportunity to have, like, you know, an extended run of games to show what he can do. My mind goes back to that game against Leeds where he was so amazing, so good. The game against Aston Villa, so good at Lingard. It's like, he's not getting a chance to build on from that, coming off the bench, getting off, getting brought off after about half an hour. It's like, come on, give this guy four ninety minutes, show what he can do. Spend 30 minutes on him. You know what I mean? Spent yeah. a lot of money on him. And the whole, as I mentioned, the whole thing about not being good defensively. Listen, we don't say that about Lingard. We don't say that about other wide players. Why is it always attached to uh, Ben Rama? So I just feel like the whole thing is just unfair, really. Yeah, I think, and, and Ben Rama, I, I, he's not shown any signs of this whatsoever. But if I was Ben Rama, I'd be starting to get a little bit frustrated because I can't think of many games where he's been poor. And, you know, to, to have four, I would have expected Ben Rama to have started that game either way but for it to be a big game at Old Trafford and you've got both Lingard and Four Nails out and you still don't start that is a real kick in the teeth that is a real kick in the teeth it's like two other wide midfielders right are out and I'm still not going to pick you I'm still going to pick the veteran of the of the squad who's struggled every time he's played that's a kick in the teeth and I don't know what that does for his morale but also in terms of the wider morale, this system that David Moyes has got of sending us out against the so-called big boys to only get a draw, only to avoid defeat. What message is that sending to our players? As you touched on earlier, right? West Ham, what, fifth now? A remarkable scene. It's been a success. Anything now is a bonus. Honestly, anything now is a bonus. And we approached that game right, as if it was last season and we're just trying to stay in the league. Exactly. That's how that's how we approach that match. If you look at even Sheffield United, even they beat Man United at Old Trafford. Yeah, you know that stuff. Man United played on Thursday. We played on Thursday and he had a like, few injury problems. We had what eight days rest. Mm. <laughs> Obviously, as, as we touched on four nails and Lingard were unavailable, but still, like the whole approach to the game was wrong in my opinion. And it sends out like, a wrong message. You got to go for it in games like this. You can't have regrets after. Be like, oh, if only this happened. If only that happened. Look at the match against... We've we've got nothing to lose. That's the other thing. We've got nothing to lose. It's not like you're thinking, well, we just... We're we're neither, let's say, at the top of the table and we can't afford to lose points or at the bottom. Go out, lose 3-0. You've got credit in the bank, mate. David Moyes has got so much credit in the bank. We could have got spanked 4-0, right, with them hitting us on four counter-attacks and no one's going to be slagging off David Moyes, right? He's got too much credit in the bank. Use that. You won't always have that amount of credit in the bank. Go out there and play Ben Rama and tell us to get at them because they are a team who you can get at. Yeah. You know, they are a team who you can beat. So like the Liverpool performance, those are the two most the the, the games that we got the worst reaction to, probably Newcastle, the Newcastle game. That was the opening day of the season, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And 
and and the team got it came in for a lot of stick after that. But to me, that's nowhere near the disappointment that I have felt after us playing Liverpool and United this season. Because in both games, we were on a run of form and it was like we went out and just went to them. All right, don't worry, lads. You know, almost like intimidated by the badge. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, it's Manchester United. Yeah. But it's not Manchester United under Alex Ferguson in 1999, yeah. lads. Right? This is a very different proposition. And ditto Liverpool. He couldn't see, and he should have done if he'd been watching the videos of Liverpool, right? Because everyone else has been beating Liverpool ever since we played them, right? That's the thing that really pissed me off. Every time Liverpool lose to some tin pot club, I'm thinking, why didn't we, why didn't we do that, right? Yeah. He should have seen. This is not the Liverpool of last season. This is not the formidable Liverpool side who are going to punish you every time you give the ball away, you know? That, that was a beatable team. United were a beatable team and we blew it. And that could have not just been two points. That could have been six points out of those games, you know? You know the worst thing about the Liverpool defeat? We had a centre-back pairing of Jordan Henderson and Nathaniel Phillips. Yeah. A makeshift centre-back pairing. The, the whole approach they been get the ball to Antonio. Use his pace against them. But we didn't do that. Long balls, hoping he'll bring the old flick on. Like, what on earth are we doing? The reason why West Ham are fifth right now is the free-floor attacking football we've seen. The reason why we're all a bit not even upset, but like, wow, what performance after that defeat against Man City? Because the players gave it a go. They gave yeah. it a go. And all, I look at member of the image of Vanim SFR looking distraught. Mm. Players gave it everything in that match. The win against Tottenham Hotspur. Players went toe-to-toe. They were confident they could get a win. We didn't see we didn't see that against Liverpool. We didn't see that against Man United. That's why a lot of us are thinking, what on earth is going on? The whole approach is wrong. Stop being negative. Uh, we, can, we can go toe-to-toe with these clubs. We can get a result. I do worry about what the players will start to think if this goes on. You know, and if he never, no matter how well we're performing, he never gives them a brief to take these other these these so-called bigger teams on. It's gonna as a player, it piss you off, wouldn't it? Because they, I reckon, they know they're good enough. They've got plenty of confidence. You know, they know they're good enough. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hello, listeners. Sorry to interrupt your show, but we've got a small favor to ask. We're currently doing a bit of a survey to find out more about you, your podcast listening habits, and the sort of adverts that are most relevant to you. If you feel like helping, please head to surveymonkey.com slash r slash athletic audio UK. That's pretty catchy, so I'll say it one more time. Surveymonkey.com slash r slash athletic audio UK. Thank you. Any positives from it? I suppose Fabianski had a great game. That's one of the only positives I can see. And obviously, Ben Rama had a good impact when he came on, which hopefully yeah. will mean that he'll start against Arsenal. But 
I'm not sure. I mean, you know, he's in and out so much. I'm starting yeah. to think Moyes has serious doubts about him. Yeah, I'm not sure. I reckon Bamar will be on the bench, unfortunately, for the Arsenal game. But as you touched on, Fabianski justified why he got that one-year deal and why it's so reliable, as you touched on, so many good saves he pulled off. And you know what? From that match in general, I really feel for Craig Dawson. Mm. I really do, because I felt like he had a, a small glimmer chance of potentially getting England squad. There's a small chance. Yeah. About on goal pretty much just killed it now, in my yeah. opinion. So that's, yeah. I really feel for him. I really do. Yeah, that's a shame. Um, other performances that were noteworthy uh, for the wrong reasons. Johnson didn't have his best game. That's a couple of dodgy games he's had now. I feel for him because I can see that he's got the quality, but he's been played out of position. He's a young lad playing against big teams at City and Man United. He's had to operate as a left wing back against, whereas really he is a right back, you know, so it's not easy. Yeah. And you wonder what it's doing to his confidence now. Yeah, and, and a big thing of Dan Johnson is just been inconsistent. That match against the 3-0 win against Sheffield United, he was amazing that game. Yeah. Absolutely. He got a standing ovation when he came off. And bear in mind, there's no fans. That's how good yeah, he played yeah. in that game. Yeah. And it's like, ever since he was nervous against Man City, kept giving the ball away against Man United. And sometimes I wonder, because he plays on the left or right, and he's on the same, basically the same line of vision as David Moyes, I wonder if that affects confidence. If he were to give a ball up, a misplaced pass. Yeah. He was in his air like, come on, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, like when you you're school. Kevin Nolan shouting yeah. at him. You know, like when you're in school, right? You're doing an exam and the teacher's going around looking at what you're doing. You're thinking, oh my goodness, don't look at me. Don't look at me. It's sort of, it's sort yeah. of that sort of vibe I'm yeah, getting from yeah. Ben Johnson. But hopefully he can turn it around because I sort of think he's a good player just to get that confidence yeah. back. Yeah, I just think it, and it's, and it is hard, you know, if you're, if you're a natural right sided player and you're playing out of position there on the left. I mean, for that reason, again, I would have thought start with a bat four played the experienced man, uh, Cresswell, at left-back. But perhaps he was just worried about the pace that United had down that side. And that's one of Cresswell's few flaws, is that he, he can't necessarily go up against a very pacey right winger. Which, yeah. And they were, yeah. So, you know, it was, there, was some, there was some things to be disappointed about. The other player that I touched on earlier is Jared Bowen. When we signed him, only over, just over a year ago, it seems like he's been around longer. It was a fantastic signing. He came in, he sort of, much the same as Lingard's done this year, he sort of lent a directness, a positivity, pace, excitement, goal-scoring threat to the team. Since then, we've added a couple of other wide players, Lingard and Ben Rama, who probably have a lot more technical ability than Bowen. And Bowen has struggled he hasn't scored in a long time and something about him is dick now i saw someone on a facebook group yesterday say ah, maybe we should you know if we really want to push this team forward maybe you cash in on bowen make a profit on him this summer and you know and, and start looking at players who are more of a jesse lingard level which is a notch up you know what do you think about that no he don't so boring <laughs> definitely not so boring we're boring it's a weird one, really, about his struggle because at one point in the season, I was thinking this guy could be a dark horse for Euros. Yeah, you know, that, that yeah. was his form. Could be a dark horse mm. for Euros, and I feel like one thing that hasn't been discussed really is I think it's a psychological thing because remember when he was in the team, he could get taken off. He yeah. was always getting taken off, and I don't feel like he's recovering from that. He, he starts, he put his thinking, "Oh man, I come off early. I'm gonna come off early." He comes off the bench, what ten minutes to have an impact, not enough time. So I reckon yeah. it's a mental battle he's really going through right now because we all know he's a good player. He's shown it previously. But again, at United, he didn't play well. I remember there was a passion to play, right? West Ham on a counter-attack. And you're thinking, play the pass to Antonio. And he kept 
kept on the ball for for even long. You think, yeah. what on earth are you doing, Jared? Like, just play the pass. Yeah, so, he's, he's actually he is responsible for that. Um, it's not rare to see him do that. Hold on to the ball. He often will be looking to work his his own way into a shooting opportunity. Yeah, he's when he's playing down that right wing, he sometimes comes in a bit more central, but when he's actually out there on the right wing, I feel that he's a bit too predictable and that he'll always cut in to try and shoot on his left, which is what you call in the trade a Yarmolenko. Right? <laughs> and just as Yarmolenko, every defender in the league worked him out, you know, and, and therefore he was completely, he was basically nullified as a threat because yeah. every coach could tell every every fullback in the vendor, listen, just don't let him come in on his left and happy days. There's no problem. Bowen's got a bit more, there's obviously got more pace than Yarmolenko, but he looks to come in. He won't ever, despite his pace, I don't feel that he, he tries to go outside enough. Uh, I started, put it this way, this is a weird turnaround. I was actually starting longing for Ryan Fredericks, who in his, uh, you know, last couple of games where he got injured, we saw him operate in right wing rather than right back. Yeah. And that pace he's got where he'll always, and, and that he's right footed, he'll always go on the outside of the defender and get across him, which they hate. You know, I thought, oh God, I wouldn't mind a bit of that because Bowen is always bringing us inside, you know. Um, a, I'll say very quickly, that's a great point because that match you're talking about is Aston Villa where yeah. Fredericks and Safar doubled up on Grealish basically and done an absolute great job. Grealish had no impact whatsoever. And yeah. Fredericks looked really good as you touched on his pace. And the one thing I like about great, uh, Fredericks' improvement of the season is his final ball. I feel like yeah. his final boost improves it a lot. And that's definitely something more you should consider when uh, Fredericks comes back from his growing strain. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Wrexham, all new, Thursdays on FX, stream on Hulu. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I mean, how are we looking with injuries? Because obviously there's, what, 10 games left now. And, you know, massive. And you look at the fixture list and it's pretty relentless. I mean, these are all tough games we've still got, not least with a sort of a resurgent Arsenal this weekend. And you're thinking, man, I don't know, if Ogbonna hadn't been injured, would we have got more out of the City game? Would we have got more out of United? Uh, You know, I, I would suggest, yeah, because... You know, they, these are fine margins in these games. And Bonner has been, was, was I would say, had been our best player in an excellent season anyway. I'd say Bonner had been our best player um, until he was injured overall this season. And the amount of times you've seen him be that tiny difference when they had a chance on goal and he was the man throwing himself in the way uh, at the last minute. So I'm missing him. I, I, I'd forgotten until yesterday 
when it popped into my head how great Masuaka had been at the beginning of the season and how fundamental, how integral he was to the 3-5-2 system working so well when, when Moyes first introduced it, because he, it's just such a natural position for him on that left side, a natural left footer who can actually get those crosses in consistently. You know, there's a lot of players I'm sort of half forgotten about. I'm thinking, shit, we need these guys back now. Yeah, I agree. If, if I were to look in a dictionary at the word left wing back, a picture of Masawaki will come up. Yeah. That, that, that role is Taylor Mayfrim. He's not a left back. He's not a left winger. He's a left wing back. That role yeah. is Taylor Mayfrim. And as you touched on, he was a really good form uh, prior to his injury. And he's the player that Moises optimist, optimistic will come back before the end of the season. The same applies to Ogbonna. Uh, my mind goes back to Ruben Diaz's goal for Man City. And if Ogbonna was marking him, that wouldn't <laughs> that would not be a goal. Yeah. That would not be a goal. So the fire margin, the fire margin we're talking about. So to be fair, right, if you look at West Ham's game between now and the season, only barring the Arsenal game and the Chelsea game, it's quite a good running. Mm. It's a good running. So having these players back, I know it's a cliche thing to say, but it'll be like a new signing because the players will come back, have that bit of, you know, um, energy for the team. So it'll be like new signings when Ogbonna will come back, when Masuaka will come back, when Fredericks will come back. And obviously this can only help West Ham in terms of achieving a top four finish. Yeah. Arsenal's going to be tough, isn't it? They look decent. Uh, it's a bit annoying because they've looked very average most of the season, but they suddenly look like they're getting their act together. This is going to be a tough one, isn't it? What do you reckon? Yeah, well, hopefully Ogbanian uh, is late for training again or late for the game, so it could be, <laughs> so be on the bench for that one. But yeah, this will be a tough one. And I honestly think it's important to get a, a result because if that's two uh, defeats in a bounce, bear in mind, we've gone to a national break. It could be like, oh, what on earth is going on right now? Yeah. Not doom and gloom, but like the atmosphere could change. I feel like it's really important to get a result in that match. We were so unlucky against Arsenal earlier in the season. I thought that was our first very good performance of the season, and we still lost. I blame but that. I still blame totally that. I, blame them. I still blame that defeat on, on Yarmolenko. I forgot who was. I forgot who was meant to yeah, be marking. He, but came, he lost. He, let, he lost someone. Yeah, yeah. he lost yeah. someone. I, know, yeah. I remember the exact moment they got free down their left side and he sort of stood just watching it happen, <laughs> yep. didn't he? Yep. yep. Um, but yeah, the thing is, they're a different proposition now. Um, and, and frustratingly, this is a game that in, our, in the current situation, you're thinking, well, a point will do out of this. Because if we do pick up, if we, if we win our other games, like not, if we, we manage to get a draw um, and maybe get a point out of Chelsea as well, but focus on winning the other games. Very good chance we can still finish in that top four. Um, but yeah, it's not doesn't feel like the nicest time to be playing Arsenal, does it? No, it doesn't. And you got a uh, you know um, Emil Smith Rose in good form, mm. and other players like Lacazette scoring goals again. So it will definitely be a tough one. But listen, the players have bounced back before, and now they've got another chance to bounce back. It's obviously good that Lingard will be back in the starting lineup for that match as well. Yeah. So. He'll want to do well. and imagine by that point it'll be confirmed that Lingard's in the England squad because he definitely uh, merits that. So he'll have an extra spring in his step. So yeah, it will be a tough one. But I reckon he's become like our most important player. He has, hasn't he? Really, because you know when he's in the team, even when you're not playing fantastically well, you know he's. If he'd played against United, you know that he's going to be an outlet, and there will be moments in the game where he gets it, looks up, and just runs and almost drags the team into a into an attacking situation because he's just fearless, isn't he? When he gets it, he's so direct, and he will just run. He will cover you like 50, 60 yards very, yep. in the blink of an eye and get the whole team up there with him. Four and because we've got pace in Bowen and Antonio who can get up there with him very quickly. You know, it's just so it makes us so much more of a threat. Yeah, I was saying four goals and six appearances 
And the thing is, Lingard, he's got the work rate, but he's got the end product to go with it as well. That's why it's so important for us, what he brings in terms of offensively, how he's able to link up with uh, his teammates, whether it's uh, Ben Rahm or Tony or like, all that factors we're missing in, the, in this beat against Man United. So, and you know what? Lingard loves playing against Arsenal. Do you remember that the the, the moonwalk, the moonwalk celebration that, uh, not long ago where he scored at Emirates Stadium? <laughs> no, I didn't. I, <laughs> I don't remember. Like yeah, he did the moonwalk celebration at the Emirates. So yeah, see that that will be an uh, an extra factor for for Lingard wanting to do well against Arsenal. He's so. a he's a he's a player with a huge amount of confidence about him, and that's what I like. Those sorts of players, you think they're gonna be more motivated in these games against the bigger clubs because that's the stage that they want to really perform on and prove themselves. So hopefully he will make a difference. I would love to see Ben Rama as well, but you're probably right. He's probably not going to start. Um, I don't know. Have you mentioned this already when, when we expect four nows to be back? Yeah, so with four nows, it was an England injury. Right. So it's not, nothing too serious. So there's a good chance to be back. Probably not in the start 11, probably in the bench, but he will be back for this one for sure. Well, hopefully we'll come back strong. We've got no reason to believe we wouldn't because I don't think, I can't think of a, a time this season where we've played t- badly twice on the spin. Mm. Almost every time we've lost a game, we've come back and looked better in the next game, usually won it or at least like turned in a more positive performance. So hopefully that'll be the case again, Rashane. Um, what can we look forward to reading on The Athletic this week about the Hammers? So on Wednesday, there'll be an article on the site on why Jay Lings deserved to be in England squad. And yeah. also looking at like Craig Dawson's chance, he's probably unlikely now, but I spoke to Matt Yopson for that. So he was really good. And also looking at Chris Well. And the third piece this week, well, I'm torn between two pieces, whether to be looking at Jared Bowen's struggles or mm-hmm. a young playing academy called Keenan Appiah Fulton, I reckon is really good. So I'm torn between well, the two. Well, you've pronounced his name, which in itself is impressive because <laughs> that sounded like you just said about nine syllables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Keenan Appiah Fulton. I was, I was in Liverpool uh, last Saturday for the uh, academy game at the training ground. and yeah. He really caught my eye. He played a really what, good What position is he? He's a central midfielder. Right, okay. Well, he's the smallest guy in the pit, Sam. He is really? like, he's, oh, he's what, five foot five, if I was to guess? He's so small, but he's really good. The is he attacking, team, defending, defending, what sort of player? Everything. <laughs> Everything. Really? Yeah, like, he's the engine, honestly. Like, he never stops. Uh, never that's stops. a position that we do need strengthening in. I mean, in the transfer market, it'd be a lot nicer if we could produce another player from the youth team in that position. Because certainly, when we look at the summer, which we might do in the coming weeks, that, along with probably left-back and centre-forward, is the position we need to strengthen in, isn't it? I agree, because if Bryce or Solchek were off from injury, you're sort of thinking, who's going to have a similar impact? I know there's high hopes for Conor Coventry, but he's more defensive mind. He's not really the a sort of box-to-box yeah. forward who can score goals. So I agree, it's definitely an area that West Ham should strengthen. Well, we'll look out for those pieces in the Athletic, uh, see which one you decide to do. Both sound cracking to me. And... Uh, we oh, will... oh, oh, hold on, hold on. Right, before, on. Before, before we go, Sam, I, I must say, I'm very, very, very disappointed, pal. You you ruined uh, Chip Chip Day for your family. Oh, <laughs> mate, don't bring that up. Don't bring that up. I've only just got over that. You know what, right? I put it on Twitter. I barely had a bigger reaction to anything. This just says a lot about the British public, right? It's like, Chip, everyone, most families have a chip night. Ours is Thursday night. Yeah. And I put the McCain, the thin fries, mate, not the thick ones, the thin fries. That's what I prefer, right? Yeah. Um, but it's absolutely because 16 minutes, it says on the packet. I thought I'll put them in a bit more because I like them crispy. I put them in for 22. They came out, they were just like it was they were like ice lollies. 
and the humiliation of getting your family to scrape them off the plate. The kids didn't want to. And I said, well, look, you don't want to eat them cold. They're coming yeah. off the plate. They've been scraped back, back in the oven 10 minutes. Still wasn't 100% pleased. Um, the, I was, I've been the subject of mockery in the house for a week. My um, wife described my cooking performance on chip night as, as gross incompetence. <laughs> and my daughter said that she didn't even want me using the word chip for the next couple of weeks because I'd lost the right to do so. That's how bad it was, mate. Uh-huh. I'm trying to put it behind me, so thanks for bringing it up. It was uh-huh. humiliating, really humiliating, mate. Sorry to hear that part. I think next time you should try a sweet potato fries. Is that, that what that, you favour? Yeah, that, 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 that could be a good alternative for you, pal. And 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 uh, do, are they easier? Are they quicker to cook? I, I believe so. Easier to cook, okay. tastes better, in my opinion. But so that, that, that really? could be... Yeah. All right. No, I will give that a go, mate. I will give that a go. Thanks for the tip. All right. You're always learning stuff on New Irons, aren't you, listener? Um, thanks very much, as always. Remember to subscribe because you've got that special deal on. Subscribe to all the fantastic writing on The Athletic at the moment. We'll be back next week uh, reviewing the Arsenal game. Here's to another three points. In the meantime, though, come on, New Irons. And remember, ladies and gents, there's only one. Samasiabu! The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.